good to see everybody today. Uh, last last week I chatted a little bit about truth of what we're feeling. And that created a space for us to, you know, have a choice to not react. And then, uh, and then, and and when we're really, and when we don't react, then we can turn our awareness to what is the wise step, next wise step to take. So I wanted to go back to that because um, the truth of what we're feeling, we have to, what, what, uh, so I was working with that this week and I found that I got um, kind of stuck in being what I thought was being truthful of what I was feeling. I wasn't being honest with how I got there to myself. So I um, read this little bit during the week about uh, trying to think of who, I think it was Ajahn Suchito, um, one of his writings, and he was saying that uh, when he was working, when he was reflecting with being honest with himself, you know, what came up for him at a particular experience at his monastery many years ago, what came up for him was, you know, um, not being truthful completely truthful with somebody because he didn't want to hurt their feelings. And then he started looking at that, like, but I'm, but I'm still not comfortable. What, what's, why, what's, what's wrong here? What's, no, I just, I don't want to hurt their feelings. And then it's like, oh, no, no, I know what it is. I don't want, I'm afraid if I hurt this person's feelings, they'll get mad at me. They'll yell at me. <laughs> And then my feelings will be hurt. I actually don't want to be, it's not that I don't want to hurt their feelings, it's that I don't want my feelings hurt. And uh, and that was a really, that was really good for me. That was really eye-opening to me. It's like, okay, I can be true with how I'm feeling, but I got to be really honest about why I'm feeling this. You know, I'm uncomfortable because... I am telling myself I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, but actually I don't want my feelings hurt. And uh, and then that and, and then so I've been sitting with that uh, this week, and uh, and it's so much more comfortable because <laughs> uh, there's something I can do about that, you know. Um, it's so much more the the space opens up to actually deal with a situation. Um, if I'm really honest with what are my intentions from not being truthful, you know, or without or with not being responsible or whatever I'm trying to hide or whatever. So I was reading in the Buddha Dhamma book about this morning about how we, you know, we as humans in the human realm until we really get a handle on developing our mind, we 
we stop our consciousness, stop, our awareness stops at our consciousness and our senses, meaning we're always referring, our experiences are always referring back to ourselves. And this is what we're training our minds to do is to open up, you know, so that was, that was me referring to myself. Um, and as soon as I recognized that, oh, I'm just, ref I'm protecting myself, then I could see I have a responsibility and I can do, I can take responsibility. I can do my duty in the most kind way um, when I'm honest about, I'm actually trying to protect myself. So rather than hide behind uh, this protective facade of, I don't want to hurt somebody else's feelings, it's, well then, okay, do your best not to hurt their feelings and just deal with the consequences, you know? So it opens up um, when we're really honest with ourselves, it opens up the next best step. And the next best step is always going to include goodwill. It doesn't guarantee that others won't be upset with us. It doesn't guarantee that our own feelings won't be hurt. But it does guarantee <laughs> that we're coming from a place of goodwill, that we're coming from a place of wise action. You know. I was um, part of the parent group online yesterday, and we were talking about, uh, you know, when we can get ourselves out of the way, we can actually be present for uh, the experience of, uh, of goodwill. We can be present for the experience of, of joy that just passes through. And I was trying to remember a poem that Ajahn Amro had once shared at a retreat I was on with him. And, uh, and I really hammered it. <laughs> I, really, I really mucked it up, but um, about how you know, we can allow when we can just open up out of the, away from the reference to ourselves and just be present for, um, you know, joy as it arises and without then clinging to it, meaning we don't refer back to ourselves. We don't try to recreate it. We don't try to grab onto it. Um, you know, it can just, I actually wrote it down. It can just uh, be truly felt. Um, the poem is called Eternity by William Blake. He who binds to himself a joy does the winged life destroy. He who kisses the joy as it flies lives in eternity's sunrise. I just really, I really appreciate this poem. Keep it in my hand actually for a minute. You know, he who binds, well, I'm gonna say she who binds herself, she who binds to herself a joy. 
So when I'm afraid of getting my feelings hurt, and so then do not attend to my responsibilities because I don't want to get hurt. <laughs> I am looking, I'm, I'm protecting myself from anything that would be less than joyful. I'm looking, I'm binding my, I'm, I'm binding my wants and desires, my experiences in life to be pleasant. And, and I was miserable doing this <laughs> and I wasn't recognizing what I was doing. She who binds to herself a joy, I must be happy rather than just actually feel life as it is and proceed with goodwill. She who binds to herself a joy does the winged life destroy. The winged life, you know, life actually happens. It just happens. Some of it's good. Some of it's uncomfortable. Some of it's sometimes we're misunderstood. Sometimes we don't come from a place of goodwill and we do hurt others. And sometimes we get lashed out. I mean, it's just what is. We do our best. You know, if we can experience and let it be what it is, trust that will come from a place of goodwill, but it takes a lot of practice actually not get down on ourselves when we don't because we have limited capacities. Does the winged life destroy? She who kisses the joy as it flies. Kisses meaning really experience it as it flies, meaning it comes up, it flies, it disappears. She who kisses the joy as it flies lives in eternity's sunrise, experiences what is ever present. Eternity is not born, it doesn't die. She who kisses the joy as it flies lives in eternity's, in that moment, lives in eternity's sunrise. I just think that's really beautiful. I was sitting uh, on my couch the other day and I noticed this little bird that comes. It's been coming for a couple of weeks now at lunchtime at home. I always sit on my couch and have my lunch and look out the window. And, and for a couple of weeks now, there's been a little bird that comes by right around the same time sits on this little rhododendron branch that's just right next to the window and chirps away. And it's just so sweet, you know, to see it. And it usually sits there and sings for 10, 15 minutes, and then it flies off. And I, I see it every, every afternoon for the last couple of weeks anyway. I don't know how long I'll see it, but it's so enjoyable to not be anticipating it. So far, I haven't been anticipating it. Noticing, I hear the, I hear the bird singing, see it there on the branch, and then 
at some point notice that it's gone. And the pleasantness of just, oh, the bird's here. And just watching it as it sits there and sings. And then I actually have not actually noticed it fly away yet. Turn my attention back to my lunch. <laughs> but I, at some point I notice it's gone. And uh, it's very, very pleasant. Just being present for the experience while not referring to myself. I'm referring to myself that I do all the time otherwise, that we all do otherwise. Most, I'm, I'm assuming there's no arahants in the room. <laughs> that not referring to ourselves, if we were referring to ourselves, which you know we we can all relate to. We'd be saying something like, "Oh, I gotta, I want to make sure I get back to my, get back to the couch with my uh, lunch before noon, so I don't miss the bird." I actually don't know how many times it might come, you know, because I don't sit there all day. But but it's always it always comes sometime between noon and and twelve thirty. I gotta, I gotta sit there because I want to catch the bird, you know. And then, or, oh, I hope the bird is there. Or when it's not there, oh darn, that's, you know, that's a binding our experience, binding our attention to wishing for a joy that we have had in the past. But when we can not refer to ourselves. We can really be present for that little kiss of the moment, that little ever-present beauty of eternity sunrise. You know, the that which was always there when we don't get in the way. My grandson Jameson's um, one of his uh, one of his moms, Amy, my daughter Amy's wife, <laughs> mother, has just moved from Maryland to Portland, and uh, and she lives alone, and she's done her two weeks of quarantine, and she is now Jameson's and Emerson's. Um, bubble person because Alistair now works full time and or not full time but now that Alistair works out in public we've lost our our bubble with Jameson and we knew this was coming uh, that she would be up and it's so interesting to look at to listen to really listen and watch how my mind wants to niggle at, I, I should be a little jealous. <laughs> Nana doesn't get to be the number one anymore. Mimi gets to be the number one. And it's like seeing that, being honest with our, being truthful 
with what we're experiencing. Oh, there's a little bit of jealousy there. And then being really honest about what's going on. Do I actually want to see being Jameson's bubble? Because that will be the best thing for Jameson. <laughs> or because my mind can go there. I can think I'm, you know, the best Nana, the best grandma. <laughs> if I really want to tell my, be dishonest with myself and not look at the fact that, no, that's not it. It's that I really, I want to, it's not because it's, it's the best thing for Jameson. It's because I want it. It's the best thing for me. I'm binding myself to a joy and I'm suffering appropriately for it because I'm not going to get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Which means that I'm not present. If I, if I stay there, if I don't see it and don't just let it go, then it will interrupt. I will not be able to be present for the joy that flies up and past. So when we did get to see Jameson this Friday, we did take him to the park, we had a beautiful time, little picnic, lots of fun, lots of walks, saw lots of birds, played in this bit of a swampy area. You know, if I was finding myself to that part of me that wants to be um, the number one grandparent, because it makes me feel good, then my experience would be, you know, tied into, again, my time with Jameson would be tied into referring to myself, referring to, okay, if I do this for Jameson, I just want to make sure that he has the best time so that, you know, when he, when Mimi comes over, <laughs> Not that it, you know, well, this was even better. Remember when you were with Nana? <laughs> so we gotta be, we wanna be really, really honest with ourselves. It's not always pretty, uh, you know, but it is natural. It is part of the human realm, the animalistic part of ourselves. You know, that part that wants to survive. This is why these kind of thoughts come up. And we wanna, transcend this kind of activity, these kinds of, um, and we can only do it by being really honest with where our limits are, actually seeing our limits. Okay, I've gone over my limits. One of the reasons this came up for me about Jameson was when, while we were sitting there um, having our picnic together, Grandan had, rushed off to get something out of the car and we're sitting there and I'm literally thinking I'm sitting there having a really lovely time with him and and I asked Jameson so Jameson I think you're going to see Mimi tonight <laughs> and he said yeah I wish I could stay with you Nana and oh my gosh I I realized exactly what I had done in that moment you know, I wasn't paying attention to, I was just kind of wondering, I didn't think it was being obvious. <laughs> I don't think it was obvious to him, but it really woke me up, you know, 
we're having a lot of fun, aren't we, Jameson? And I think you're seeing Mimi tonight. I wonder what that's going to be like. I didn't say that, but I was kind of wondering that. And it was really perfect to have him say, yeah, I wish I could stay with you tonight. I'm just like, oh my gosh, shame on me. <laughs> but again, instead of shame on me, it's refer. it's just, you know, not only do we kiss the joy, but we, we can be very, very present with the, um, with our limits, very, very present with, oh, okay, that wasn't good. That wasn't, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be woken up to this, you know, it, it, because it wakes us up to do better. It wakes us up to what we haven't been looking at. If we beat ourselves up, it's just a self-reference again. You know, we it's just a habit that we want to overcome. We want to counterbalance with goodwill. And the truth is, he's got a wonderful grandma in Mimi, you know? And so when, when I can see what I'm doing that's narrowing my um, experience and cutting off the joy in the moment, when I can see what how I'm creating that lack of joy, that uh, through self-referencing and trying to make life good for me, when I can see it, I have the opportunity to let it go. Uh, I heard a talk by Tan Nisibo, I don't know how to say his name, Nisibo. <laughs> Somebody here will know how to, how to pronounce it. You can correct me later. Um, anyway, he gave a talk. I think it was this, I think it was Friday, just this Friday. He gave a, a talk that, um, where he said something that really struck me. He asked Lungpur Pasano, uh, it was either in this talk or he might've just mentioned it in the, in the past. But anyway, he asked Lungpur Pasano once, how do you stand it when you make a decision that somebody doesn't like and they come and complain to you? How, how do you stand that? Because the poor person's answer, as far as I remember it anyway, is something like, oh, yeah, that happens all the time. I just think about all the suffering that I'm going to feel if I worry about what they think about me. And so I just let it go. <laughs> I just thought that was brilliant. Oh, I just think about, I'm going to suffer a lot <laughs> if, I, if I worry about this, because it's a, it's a decision I need to make. I have to make the ultimate call. I made the call. Not everyone's going to like it. You know, I just like, and that's, that's the truth. You don't want to bind yourself to an expectation that everybody's going to like everything you do. Including grandchildren, you know, or our own children. We get a lot of experience with that. I had a lot of experience with my children not liking everything I, every decision I made when I when they were teenagers. <laughs> and I and Alistair and I together made some decisions that were really hard for a teenager to accept. 
No, but we knew that we were doing it for their, because it was necessary. Uh, we did it because we could see consequences that they couldn't see. And, uh, and that it's, it's painful because we really like to be liked. <laughs> I'll speak for myself, actually. I like to be liked, <laughs> you know, and, and so it, it can be um, hard to really be honest with ourselves. Ajahn uh, Sajito, I'm not sure if I, I might have wandered off enough that this might not make as much um, sense as I had intended before, but I see, I think that, I think Ruby is still maybe here, maybe not. Yes. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Ruby, hi. It's good to see you here, Ruby, because I want today I was actually going to um, I really wanted to encourage people. And I probably should have checked with you first, Ruby, but I didn't because I don't know if that program, you know, who knows if it's still going. I think it's still going. It's a great uh, program from I've heard from several different people that in quite are enjoying it at this time. So Ruby is leading a group with um, in discussing, reading and discussing, at this time they're discussing uh, Ajahn Suchito's book, Parami, Ways to Cross Life's Floods. And they'll go on to other books. But I just read this little bit and I'm going to skip part of it so it's not too long of a reading. But it's, it's so rich and it's so valuable. But just to get together whether it's this book or another book, to get together uh, with other Kalyanamitas and in different ways. And so this way, but also just meditating together. So you have like the Wednesday morning, and I think there's a Monday morning group as well, but, um, and then book club, you know, in different ways to be together exploring Dhamma, you know, and then we have the parents group and, just to talk about our experiences and supporting each other as we learn. And uh, because you know, there's nothing better than fumbling around when you've got other people that are doing the same kind of work with you, you know, to help pick you up when you fall, when you stumble, when you make mistakes. So now I have gone off. <laughs> so we'll see how well this applies, but it's really quite beautiful stages and fruition of the um, paramis. The paramis, uh, the paramis are inclined and have potentials to develop into clear intentions. Their development comes in three stages, the initiating, the gathering, and the completion. Initially, one brings the topic of, to mind, even this much is useful. It means that parami get built in as a frame of reference. So as opposed to just always referring back to what I want, I'm gonna refer back to one of these 10 paramis. See if I can just quickly, in case there's anybody here that doesn't know what those 10 are. Uh, 
so th these are the 10 perfections, generosity, morality, renunciation, discernment or wisdom, energy, patience, truthfulness, resolve, kindness, and equanimity. So initially one brings the topic to mind, whichever one of those paramis we're working on. So you bring the topic to mind. Even this much is useful. It means that the parami get built in as a framework of reference when other values such as fun, convenience, style, worldly performances or successes can be taken over the mind. The gathering stage is when you apply the perfection in the face of opposition. Something in you doesn't want to bother, other people don't see the point, it's not too convenient, etc., etc. The third stage of completion is when you know your fullness in that perfection will take you through any obstacle. You can give up your life for it. You realize why not? Life is going to end anyway. Why not establish the mind in a position of strength while there is still time? So giving up our life, giving up our reference to ourselves. Because this is this is how we oftentimes live. Most of the time we live in referencing to ourselves and we can just drop that. As a result of that work, our inclinations and intentions get established on the good and the whole. And we are able to review the fractured, the strained or the afflicted. You could say that on touching into truth, your mind is able to return to healing. This is how the bodhisattva, bodhisattva arises. It's a mind that is in touch with truth, but not fully absorbed in it, gone beyond your previous standpoint, capacity of, or view, and open to a place of wisdom and compassion. Instead of referring your actions to self, some self-image of what I deserve or what should I really get, and this is what I always do and all that I'm capable of, so there's the self-referencing, so instead of that, instead of self-referring, there's a shift to, to a response that refers to a wider parameter than that of the habitual self. The great intention arises for my welfare, for the welfare of others, and leading to peace. Then that twisted loop in the circuitry of intelligence, the loop of self-view gets untangled. The mind unfolds a deep crease, and in that unfolding, nothing is lost except a propensity to unnecessary suffering. It's not the case that I'm perfect, but that a perfect balance has been struck. This is the third stage of the parami, the completion. It's a change of life. It's a change of direction. It's going against the current of self-referencing, of living from that place where we're always referring to ourselves, of binding ourselves to an outcome. And it opens up to what actually is, whatever it is.